back. This is Dr. Walter Aka. And Dr. Kradok. And we are actually on the line with uh, Dr. Alfredo Araruz. Dr. Alfredo, say what's up, man. Hey, how are your listeners? How are you guys doing today? Good, man. Good. So we thank you for coming all the way from Florida. <laughs> the, the what is the, the sun the was sunshine state sunshine state Do you, are you guys getting a lot of good weather down there yeah it's actually beautiful today it's like a nice 85 degrees the only killer part is the humidity is insane so you walk out and it's super sticky but no complaints otherwise it's better than living in the snow like you and i used to a walt in pittsburgh <laughs> right right but you know you do realize you can't complain about humidity to people that live in houston right <laughs> like we get a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> you, you guys do get a killer heat wave and killer humidity. I think we're both on the same page there. You, you guys just have better beaches to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To make up for I, it. I'm very blessed that I'm in Delray Beach, and the beach is like ten minutes from my from my place. Well, so uh, Dr. Alfredo, please give us a little rundown of your past, like where you went to school. I already know this, but maybe our listeners don't. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I went to University of Florida. Go Gators for undergrad. Uh, after I graduated UF, I traveled up north to the University of Pittsburgh for dental school, where Dr. Walter Aka was my classmate. And pretty much we sat next to each other. We did a lot of things together, and he was a great classmate to have. We learned a lot from each other, extremely competitive. Yeah, we were uh, very, very competitive. As well. <laughs> it was uh, weird. It was that, a weird competition. I graduated, <laughs> moved to Miami, uh, worked as an associate for multiple practices, for a few years prior to me buying a practice of my own. Uh, however, after a few years of ownership, I was not happy with where the business was going uh, as far as the trajectory and not kind of happy with the dentistry I was doing, not uh, as far as, you know, being an insurance run practice. And I decided to uh, sell the practice and I moved to Tampa and I joined a high-end cosmetic practice there. Uh, after three years, Working there, I uh, I got the doors opened to join the practice where I'm at currently, which is Spodak Dental Group, and uh, it's it's really been a dream come true. Uh, the the opportunity just came out of nowhere; I was unexpected, and uh, it's really changed my life. And I'm extremely excited to be a part of this new practice and this new journey to build a legacy here. That's awesome, man. So you you've kind of seen uh, dentistry in a in a wide variety of of uh, of, of places, right? You said uh, you worked as an associate, uh, and then opening up your own business. What what was that like? Your first time uh, being out on your own, like with your own business. So you know, obviously working for multiple private practices as an associate to start the the issue that you run with, with South Florida in healthcare is that not a lot of practices have enough uh, patient base to be able to sustain having an associate there full time. So five days a week. So I actually, for a while, I was working out of four or five offices every week, just going to different places. And that, that gets kind of stressful as well because you're, you're navigating a lot and you're driving. Um, so I, I associated in this one practice that the owner wanted to sell. So I purchased it. And I would say that the transition as a 20, I was 28 at the time. Transition was a difficult one. It's, it's a risk. You're, you're acquiring, you know, a bank loan and, and, you know, if you can't finance it by yourself and there's a lot of risks involved with that, especially if you don't understand the business side of it. Um, which as new grad dental students, I would say that the majority of us have no clue 
how to manage, run, and do a business because forever we just took science classes. Yeah, so no one teaches that. I Not think at all. <laughs> understanding, having a deep understanding of business itself, uh, whether you have family members or other friends that are in the business world, would really be beneficial. I ran into a lot of headaches. I would say that I slammed my head against the wall more than I would like. Um, it, it was a big lesson for me. I believe that everyone should have failures. And I personally did have many failures in my business venture. However, I learned from them and uh, it made me a better practitioner and also a better businessman for that as well. Uh, there was a lot of life lessons along the way that I'm very, been very blessed. Even though I had those failures, they were very early on in my career, as opposed to, unfortunately, some of our colleagues that have them later in life, which is is very saddening. So, I mean, we'll get you kind of transition into what we're going to talk about today, right? So you now are in a position sure. where you do more like high-end aesthetic stuff, right? And everybody talks about these clear aligners, right? I mean, you see them everywhere, commercials sure. and everything, right? Sure. You can even, it's like you can basically get direct to consumer, you know, clear aligners, sure. right? Um, and you as a dentist and a lot of dentists, we do clear aligners, right? It used to be orthodontics, orthodontists that would do that. Now dentists are doing mm -hmm. it too, right? And so my question for you is when you say, okay, clear aligner versus regular braces, you know that a lot of kids get them, right? Oh, when yeah. you're in your teenage years, you get them. And you normally have sure. the metal brackets. But now we're going into these clear aligners. But get, tell us some of the problems with clear aligners versus brackets. The biggest problem for a lot of patients, to be quite frank, the biggest, most number one issue is if the patient isn't compliant. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Because with, obviously when you have orthodontics with brackets, they're adhered to your teeth via some sort of resin bonded to your teeth. So you can't physically remove them unless you get a pair of needle pliers and pull them off yourself. You got so go, go to wear, You're forced to wear them no matter what. Now with clear aligners, you have the ability of removing them. However, as we state in our practice, uh, it's imperative that you're complying and you wear your aligners at least 21 to 22 hours a day, meaning that you remove them to eat, you remove them to drink anything that's warm or hot or any alcohol beverages because they could warp the plastic. Uh, so if you were to ask me a question of that, I would say compliance is the biggest number one factor in that as well. So then when it comes to, and I'm asking both of you guys, because you both do this, uh, I don't, I don't do clear aligners, paradonis. Uh, <laughs> Where did you slip that in you there? You know what? I just got to make sure that I, I do something today in this, this podcast because I don't do any of the stuff you guys do. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, it's okay, Walt. We, no. we, we, I still respect you highly. And I yeah, that's a lie. That is, that is a lie, but it's okay. Um, but when it comes that to... That is not a lie. <laughs> when it comes to, uh, you know, patients actually complying to, you know, what you tell them. 22 hours, you said, right? How many, give me a percentage of people that actually listen to you, honestly. I'll go with Dr. Kradok first. I mean, that's that's hard to gauge. Now they have uh, um, compliance indicators, like basically a, a blue mark on the trays that allows you to, to see if they've been worn. But um, for adult patients that are paying for themselves, I would say they're, they're, there's a higher level of compliance because they're footing the bill. You know, rough estimate, I would say about 80%, uh, I would say, follow through. 
with teenagers or kids, uh, I'm to be honest, it's about 50 50. Okay. And I mean, that's for my patients, like I would say under the age of 25. Got you. Because yeah. they're not flipping the bill. Like the parents are paying for it. The, the parents are paying for the bill. Or even if I have a patient who's who's paying it for himself, he's, you know, he has a good job. And I mean, he had braces before and it's just a relapse case. Um, but he's just. He 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 he's just too busy to 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 worry about this. He's too busy. Yeah, you put it in your mouth and you keep quiet. I I, I literally tell him like I can tell you haven't been wearing these. Oh, I've been wearing them all the time, Doc. And I'm like, this is this is your first tray that that I just put back in. Like you see how that works? Like you haven't been wearing them. It's like oh, you got me. It's like I wear it the first day, and then you know I figure if I miss a day, I can I can make up. I'll I'll wear the other. I'll I'll wear um uh, the the next set a little bit longer. And I'm like, that's not how it works. You have to wear them in order for a reason. We're we're tracking this. We can actually see when you're not when you're not doing what you're supposed to. But uh, I, I would say for the most part, kids is, are very unreliable, um, and adults uh, who are fitting the bill are, are are definitely more. But still, compliance is the major is the major issue. So, Doctor Alfredo, what do you say? Percentage of people that actually comply to what you tell them to do? Our practice, we have a our practice is a diamond provider for Invisalign. That means we we do over. Uh, four to 500 cases a year. Uh, so with that being said, we're very keen at educating the patient and keeping them in a more compliant uh, avenue. Uh, so what I notice more is our patient base and my current practice, you know, they have a higher dental IQ. Uh, we, we spend a lot of time educating the patient on the importance, the pros and cons, because I'm able to have more time with that patient. So uh, I really sit down and I emphasize its importance. Now, that being said, keeping track of it, uh, like Dr. Kradok was speaking, is key. You know, making sure they come in for their recall visits to make sure that they're tracking properly, making sure that none of the uh, attachments, which are these little bonded uh, composites that go on your teeth, are still there because those are actually of value. Those actually do the movement. So um, you know, with teens, it depends. I honestly, I don't see a whole lot of teenagers, Dr. Aka, so I, it's hard for me to answer that question. But with my adult patients, for example, I would say it's around 85 to 90% because they've already gone through this before. Now, a lot of my cases, like Dr. Krayok was saying, are relapse cases of, you know, they just didn't wear the retainer growing up and their teeth rebounded and now they're in their mid 20s, mid 30s. Or even 40s and they're either getting married or they just want their smile enhanced or they have other issues which I look at as a comprehensive dentist such as collapsed bite or their posterior molars are tipping inward but that's a little I don't want to go too far out of there okay uh, it gets a little more complicated so then the question is do you think that teenagers or younger adults should get Invisalign if <laughs> sure mm-hmm. so when we as practitioners, and I don't, you know, I know that you have a broader audience that are not just dentists, and we look at x-rays of teenagers that had severe crowding. And when they're older, I notice that their roots are blunted. I'm sure that Dr. Kradok and Naka, you would agree exactly. that when you have conventional orthodontics, the movement in and of itself is more aggressive. So you're moving the teeth through bone literally pushing through the bone, thus causing that root resorption, which could lead to many problems in the long term. Um, however, with clear aligners like Invisalign, it's a passive movement. So you get almost none of that root resorption if the case was 
done properly. Um, uh, okay, okay. I'm so, going to I'm gonna have to hold on for a second. Hold on. And this is when I play the devil's advocate. Somebody has to do so. Oh, it's God. Gonna it's going to be me, okay? <laughs> so right there, the statement you made right there, I don't want orthodontists basically emailing me and, 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 and cursing at me because you basically said clear liners, better way to go because they don't cause root resorption if done properly. But you can also say the same thing about regular braces, correct? Correct. Okay, so so then we 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 understand that by basically binding bonding the teeth. But I I think the point, and I mean I see this all the time with with blunder roots, like he was mentioned in um, the aggressive movements. I, I think that that sometimes can be a result of the times that we live in. Um, everyone, if you go, you can you can find six month braces. Uh, everyone advertises for that. People think that that's a normal uh, window of time to correct. Or whatever skeletal defect they have, whatever uh, malocclusion they have, and that's not the truth. Um, and then you see these cases and how they end up. Um, I think in 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 past years, um, more people or more orthodontists were okay with saying, "Hey, I'm not going to do a case in six months. This is the way I do it. It's going to take two years. It is what it is." Now I feel like there's so much competition in that realm um, that we you get orthodontists that were would say no before trying to do things in six months and kind of rushing things along at, at the at a, at a teenage year, especially. So you, do you agree with that, Dr. Mm-hmm. Alfredo, that basically orthodontists yeah. are not being forced to do something faster than previous? Well, we, we live in a different world now, you know. Uh, think about how you uh, get your coffee in the morning. If you're waiting in line and you're not out of there in five minutes, you're upset. So think about that and how expedited everything is. I mean, from... TSA pre-check and even going through customs, you go through a kiosk now if you have uh, access and you get out in five seconds instead of waiting in line. So I do believe that we've changed. There's been a dynamic shift in how the patient and, and people in general view customer service or even healthcare. They want it done now and quickly. Well, so I, they're I not willing to wait for for the time the time period that's necessary. Sometimes they want it done now. Well, I don't want you to talk bad about pre-check because I have it and it's amazing. So we won't talk bad about it on this No, I show. think he said that that's, no, you're, no, you're we, one of those people. I am one of those I people. Didn't, I, did not, I did not say that in a negative way. I said that that's what we live in. We live in a world where it's done, we want things done in an expedited form. No, I'll be honest. With yeah. you, whenever I'm, I'm, I'm in pre-check, I feel, I feel a little superior to the people that aren't in pre-check. <laughs> the, which, which is the real reason why you get it, right? <laughs> I, the reason I get it is because I, I want to look at the peasants and go, wow. Yeah, you couldn't afford eighty five dollars. We we just lost one of our <laughs> our ten <laughs> listeners. My intention was not to go ten gentiles. By the way, but uh, <laughs> no, I I think that's that's definitely true. I mean, it's just the the age we live in. I know if if I order something online and it takes more than two days to get to me, I'm like, come on, what's wh- where is this coming from? But and before you know that that wasn't the case. So it's just um when when it becomes healthcare gets you know uh put on the fast track. People have to realize that there's are there there was reasons why it wasn't that way before. It wasn't just because we wanted to make things difficult for patients. It's because uh, you know sometimes slower is better. It's more consistent. Do you think? Do you guys think that dentists are now just pretty much catering to patients just so that patients aren't upset, even if it's not the right thing to do? When it comes <clears> to speed, on the practice. Yeah, so when it comes to speed up stuff. You know, over my career, you know, you you go through different phases. So the biggest thing that I've learned over time in the almost decade I've been in practice is never allowing the patient to really dictate treatment because if you make them happy 
in the front end, you're going to make them unhappy in the long term. So you really need to educate and set expectations from the beginning. And that's been my niche in my practice throughout my whole career is a education. So taking the time to really sit and talk to them, A, about their initial concerns and really focus on what they want. Um, if you listen, they'll really tell you and paint a picture of what they're looking for. From there, you could really educate them on the aspect. So I've been highly spirit trained by Spirit uh, Academy in Scottsdale. Through your findings, find and, and tell the patient your findings. Tell them the consequences of non-treatment, the consequences of treating it incorrectly, and then asking them if they're interested in knowing how to treat those and then their options. So if you give the patient the expectations from the beginning, a lot of headaches would be avoided that other doctors don't do. And what they do is that they cater to what they want because A, they don't know how to treat it any other way, or B, they're just scared that the patient's going to leave their practice. So you have to understand that, you know, you can't cater to everyone. You have to really stick to your ethical values and treat everybody the correct way which in the long term will give you even more gains as far as your practice. Okay. Can I ask a question? And I'm asking both of you guys. Yeah. Both, you're both practice owners. I mean, you were at one point, right? And, and you are right now, Dr. Kredok. So you, you mentioned something that was very interesting to me. You said, you know, people, you know, cater because they're afraid that the patients are going to leave their practice. But when you're an up and, you know, you're, you're starting brand new, you want as many people to stay in your practice as possible. So don't you think that that pressure to keep them happy is there? And so right now, don't you think that some of their, somebody that has a practice that's sitting there going, that's sitting there going like, oh my God, you know, I just need to do whatever they say, good or bad, just to keep them in the practice. We'll start with Dr. Kredo. Uh Well, I mean, I think uh, as, as Dr. Alfredo said pretty uh, eloquently, uh, you, you know, you can, you can make you can make sacrifices initially, um, but they're going to wind up to snake biting you in the end because that patient that was once happy with you on appointment number one and two and three, uh, when things go wrong on appointment five, uh, because you didn't do it the way that you knew, uh, was the best. Um, it doesn't matter how happy they were. They, they remember how things failed and they, uh, associate that failure with you. So, um, as a, when you when you definitely have a new uh, business, you want to keep every practice. I mean, every uh, patient you have, you want to try to make them happy. But there is a fine line, and uh, you definitely can't make everyone happy. That's it's impossible. So, uh, and the only way that you can really um, be proud of the dentistry that you do is to do what you know to be ethically correct uh, and best for the patient, um, not just a quick um, uh, cash grab or making the the patient happy initially when you know. Hey, in two or three years, this is going to fail or this is not going to work. I should have done it the right way. You got to do it the right way that from the, from the jump. And if that patient doesn't trust you enough, um, or, or your expertise enough to follow you, then it's really not a good, a good match. You know, that's just like a patient that comes I to agree. you, you know, uh, Dr. Aka and wants an implant, uh, say they're, they're 14 years old <laughs> and they want to implant at number eight. Are you going to do it? Well, no, I mean, there's, there's science. And then there's just kind of saying, okay, I'm just but doing they, this. But they, but they want that number eight, even though their, their jaw, their maxilla is still going to grow. It's still developing. I, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Exactly. But, but I will say, though, um, you know, I'm very blessed now to be in a position where, you know, I don't clearly just work for the sake of just getting paid, right? Because I've built it up to a point where, you know, it's like, okay, 
I have enough <laughs> people referring in, in an, uh, you know to to allow me to be uh, productive, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't have to cater to anybody. You know, is it hard sometimes when people are like, oh, well, I have this wedding to go to in, you know, three months and I need all this stuff done. Yeah, it's difficult <laughs> because you want to please them because you want to say, hey, you know what? I I helped you out for your wedding. But then there are some times it's like, you know what? This didn't take, this didn't work overnight, right? You didn't get to this point overnight. So you can't expect me to fix everything overnight. Dr. Alfredo, what would you say to that? So, so, you know, with that being said, what you guys just talked about, what does this all boil down to? It boils down to lack of communication and setting expectations from the beginning. So, like I stated before, you know, I agree with Dr. Kradok and I agree with you, Dr. Aka, but the bottom line is if the practitioner is well-versed in patient communication and really fine-tuning their skills of talking to their patients, listening, setting up that expectation from the beginning, guess what? It doesn't matter because they won't leave because you already told them what they're necessary. Now they might leave and they might go to another practice and that's going to happen. But guess what? I've had so many cases. I can't even tell you how many that they come back. And, um, you know, it, but I did my due diligence. I gave them the conversation. They listened. I gave them all their options. And <clears throat> in my practices, you know, if the patient wants to go because, they they don't uh, they don't agree with what the options that we presented. I'm more than happy at giving them all their documents and their X-rays and and then go. And but a lot of the times they do come back because you know I took the time and the effort because to me it's not about the money either. It's about the satisfaction of providing the best care possible. So. As long as you make that clear, I think you really avoid a lot of problems. Unfortunately, though, uh, I'm sure you guys agree, the biggest issue that we have in our with a lot of our colleagues is that they just don't communicate because they're scared of communicating properly, or B, they're just not great communicators. You know, there's some people that just don't have conversation, and they're not good with that. They're good technicians at what they do, but they're not great communicators. And and I feel like to be a very successful dentist, you need to have a trifecta. You have to be a people person. You have to be a very good communicator and you have to be an excellently skilled dentist. And if you have all those three, you're the sky's the limit. But if you're lacking one of those three, uh, the practice is going to, is going to lack as well. And it's going to, and it's going to show. Okay. So another question I have, and Dr. Kradok, actually you might have something. Oh yeah. Well, um, one thing that I wanted to to know is, um, you know, being in a in a in a highly driven, um, multifaceted cosmetic practice, um, when you meet a patient for the first time, um, and they're you know they you're going to meet patients with different concerns or different things that they want to change. How often do you use a clear aligner or any orthodontic um, therapy prior to doing like a final cosmetic or aesthetic? Um, uh, improvement. Sure. So, you know, I, and for example, in our practice, our initial new patient exams are always run the same way. We take initial Panorex and then they get into our treatment plan coordinator rooms, whichever concert room they're in. I introduce myself. We go over their health history. We go over uh, their concerns. I listen to them. If they have any sort of anxiety, dental-related, ask the questions of what led to those things. And I really want to know what their goals are. 
After that, we take all the radiographs, all the pictures, and then I, I really do a thorough exam. So when it goes to doing the orthodontic work, if there is any sort of malocclusion or their bites off, uh, if their teeth are uh, crowded, uh, or if, say, they have gingival levels or their gum line is not adequately in line to make that smile the correct size and shape according to if they want veneers or if they want crowns, uh, you know, these things can get adjusted with killer aligners. Uh, you could easily intrude, extrude, move teeth, intrude, extrude, meaning you could push them up or down. Uh, and, and then you can move the gum as well as the teeth in a correct position. Or if I need to make spaces uh, to, to allow for adequate room for cosmetics. Uh, Invisalign has been around now for <clears throat> 20 years while serving the public for almost 18 years now. And in those 18 years, it's really shifted. I mean, I currently use uh, a new program. Uh, again, we have access to these programs in my practice, so it's amazing. So I, I tend to be able to shift the teeth individually myself, and I treatment plan the case by myself as well. So I could really dictate where I want things to go um, more so than other practices. Okay. So it, it, I, I'm in a different position with that. Though. Okay, well, here's you actually brought up a good point then. So, Dr. Kradak, walk me through, you know, uh, a, a person who does clear liners. First step, second step, third step, fourth step. Like, walk me through, like, what, what do patients start with and what they end with? As far as, well, what do you mean to, exactly? So, from the beginning to when they get their uh, aligners. So a patient that we identify as a, as a candidate yep. first, mm -hmm. um, in my practice, um, for me, um, and with my level of experience with Invisalign, I, my first thing is to determine, you know, what, what we're trying to correct. Um, and if it's something that I feel, um, is a, is, is of, uh, a level that I can uh, attack, I will, if it's not, I'm going to refer to my orthodontist. So that's the first thing is seeing where they're going to get the care. Um, so for the cases that I'm doing, we're talking about, uh, more minor, uh, relapse cases, um, um, space correction, um, where we already have the space, um, that we need. Um, if the midline is shifted, that's something I can correct. Um, but if it's shifted more than say three or four millimeters, I'm probably, I'm going to get, uh, my orthodontist involved if there's, uh, or if there's any skeletal, um, deformation, uh, meaning they would require, um, a surgery. Or that's something I'm going to involve my orthodontist. So for me, first, it's determining what level of case this is. Okay. Is this something that I'm going to treat? Um, so let's just say you can treat them. Okay. So we're going to assume you can treat them with Invisalign or mm -hmm. any clear liner, uh -huh. right? What's the first step? The first step is to, I'm going to do a, a detailed uh, examination uh, and basically going over with the patient, what, what is their, their aim in this? What, is, what, are, what are they going to consider a, a successful uh, treatment? Um, and then giving them an accurate uh, time window uh, for that for the movements that they want to do. Uh, we take uh, study models uh, and basically um, we'll bring them back for another appointment after we have the study models poured up. And I basically will give them the plan of how long it'll take and those things. If they agree to that, then we uh, take final impressions to get them sent and uh, aligners made. So who actually uh, does the planning? phase is it you on the computer yeah okay so you do the plan on the computer yeah and then you send it off to them they with invisalign you can send it off it depends on um what you're what you're sending it for you can have somebody make the case for you and, and move the teeth so you can and have you can just and you can just say oh i like that 
Um, or you can actually go in and say where you want the teeth to go, the movements you want, um, what you're trying to correct. Um, and then they can design a case. Uh, they basically can show you the trays that they're going to use to do those movements. You verify that it's, it, it would track the way that you want. Uh, and then you get aligners made. So, um, you can either have assistance. Uh, where it's basically done for you or you can do it yourself yeah so you have two options you can either mm-hmm. have someone do it for you or you do it yourself yeah when you say when you have someone do it for you maybe it's like a lab tech or somebody else or another doctor or somebody does it and then you just okay it yes right yes you have that option but dr alfredo you're saying that you don't use that option anymore you do everything by yourself so i use the ClinCheck pro program so i've been trained for that so how that works is you make your initial prescription, like Dr. Kradock said, they, they develop a, a minor treatment plan according to your goals. Now, with that being said, the difference in our program that we use is I could then, instead of me dictating to them, I want, for example, the front incisor to move up and to get the gum levels correct for their cosmetic work. So some practitioners use the software that Invisalign provides to dictate or annotate that they want that movement. Now, there are some practitioners that are able to move that themselves instead of waiting for the technician on the other side to do that move them for them. So it kind of expedites it. But in the end, the the treatment goal, the treatment outcome will be the same. It, it really doesn't matter uh, as long as the patient gets the best treatment option. Well, so what are you are you saying that every doctor has opportunity or ability with Invisalign to move them up, down, left, right, whatever it may be? If they're if they're trained with the ClinCheck Pro program, which is their their they have a software for that. I mean, I would. I would tell any practitioner that's a GP or orthodontist that currently isn't using that software to absolutely 110% call their their city or state Invisalign representative and ask them about that service because it is amazing. It's really changed how I plan and I treatment everything. And it makes everything so much easier when I could just move it myself instead of waiting a day or two for a technician, a technician to get that done. So I totally I would, would agree. Behoove me to tell you not to have your GPs or, or orthodontists call and inquire about that service if it's available to them. Okay. But it may not be available to them and they may not be doing that. So they may be only doing like the basic uh, movement. Correct. Correct. It, 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 correct. Correct. Okay. What do you and, say? And I don't know. To, I don't want to speak out of contact. I don't know how many cases you'd have to do in order to get that opened up for huh. you. So again, have them contact their local rep and inquire. Because uh, I'm not an Invisalign, uh, obviously employee, so <laughs> I, I wouldn't know that question. Yeah, I, w- I actually don't even care. Yeah, I don't care. Wow. <laughs> we, we don't Tell care us how you really that. feel. Yeah, Walt. We don't care about that. <laughs> what we're trying to, what I want to try to make sure people understand is that there are some, some. Um, head button right now between general dentist and orthodontist correct what do, what do you sure. mean by let that let me explain let me explain what i mean by that what i mean by that is some orthodontists say you can't do everything with invisalign or clear liners and some general dentists are like of course i can i could do everything with clear liners right so where do you stand on that can you do everything with clear liners and where do you stand on that dr Kreda? can you do everything with clear liners um well 
in in my experience um and where invisalign has went like you said 18 years uh in in the mouths of patients um the amount that they can do now the amount of movements um there's really very few movements that can't be done with clear aligners and you'll have orthodontists that will use clear aligners uh for their for the <laughs> movements for their banding um so i don't think I, I don't think the material is the limitation anymore. I think it's the clinician's um, expertise with with those with those tools. But you I think hit it right mm-hmm. in the head. That yeah. is exactly correct, Doctor Kreda. So I, I it mean, all in the limitation. Exactly. It's uh, like a love fist. Okay. Uh, well, maybe it's just because <laughs> that's like the truth. <laughs> no, it is absolutely true. I mean, I can show you before and after cases that we've done in our practice of. Even using, uh, if somebody has an impacted canine, for example, and they got to get that chain, and we call that in, in our world the TAD, we can TAD and chain that canine and pull it down with clear aligners. That used to not be the case. However, the plastic and the movements have gotten so precise that you can make that happen now. So, again, the sky's the limit. It's really limited by the practitioner's A, uh, education, and B, know-how of how to doing that because you don't want to get yourself in trouble doing a, a bad movement and then you have a patient that got for example they moved their arch too far out and now their roots are sticking out of their gums which that happens to some people if they don't know what they're doing okay so what? speaking of, speaking of which ah, um so there there's a new product that is a, a clear aligner without the use of a of a doctor right um I'm not sure, sure if you've seen any of these uh, smile direct cases, Dr. Fredo, but um, in your opinion, what what are, what are your thoughts about that? People who are basically going around the practitioner and getting their own clear aligners, uh, just so, to, mm-hmm. so so let's go over let's go over you know the differences, right? So um, when we're talking about smile direct or clear correct or any of these companies, you're you're basically of missing the dental aspect of it as far as having a dentist face-to-face being able to track you. So you're basically taking a mold of your teeth. They're getting sent via mail uh, to their headquarters. They're developing a plan for you if, and that's the biggest thing, if you are a candidate. So if you're a candidate, then you get those back. And then they say you get a quote unquote virtual dentist consultation via Skype or other uh, video call. However, that's, that's also iffy because it's very difficult to see things. I'm sure you both are, uh, could attest to that through a video. So, um, there's limitations to that product because of the fact that A, you have to be a candidate. It's for minor movement. It's not for major movements, major dental work. It's not meant for that. It's meant for really minor movements. And then, for example, the pro to Invisalign is you have a doctor that's tracking you, like Dr. Kradok talked about earlier. B, you're going in for visits and having an actual practitioner making sure that nothing is going wrong. You could have a movement that's incorrect because it wasn't planned by an actual doctor uh, and you could cause damage to those root structures, to the bone underneath. Uh, and with this type of product, you run that risk. So you're running a risk with that. Um, secondarily, if a patient that has Invisalign, for example, loses an aligner, they could just call Dr. Kradock or myself or any other practitioner that provides the service and have that aligner delivered to them sometimes at a fee. 
but when it comes down, but it gets down quickly. Whereas if you lose it with these type of products that are online, you have to go through customer service, you have to call them, voicemail, and it becomes a hassle. Um, so there's a lot of risks and cons to the product. Um, and the other thing for me as a practitioner is this product was developed maybe only a couple of years ago. So there's no long-term uh, peer-reviewed journal articles or efficacy of showing that these cases actually work. And for me, I'm not going to recommend to any of my patients anything that has no long-term outcome results that I could prove because I like predictability. I know that Invisalign works. It's predictable. And in the nine years or so I've been with the business and doing Invisalign, I have yet to have an unhappy patient. Okay. Here, Whereas here. I can't say the same for that for a small direct club. Okay. Well, here's here's where I'm going to play the devil's advocate again. One, oh God. <laughs> one, you're, you're, you when you go to you, right? That's a, when you go to the doctor, you're paying probably double, if not triple, the price as if you were to go direct to these aligner companies, right? So sure. how do you tell a patient that, hey, if you come to me, I'm worth double or triple what it is if you go straight to these people? Tell me. You so know. You, you're, the expense is that the reason for chair time. You know, and again, you tell, you, it's, it's a matter of having the knowledge base behind what you're doing. If it's a really complicated case, you know, they're going to need complicated orthodontics, and a lot of those patients know that. Um, if it's a minor case, <clears throat> you just tell them, listen, you can go ahead and try this Madre Club. I don't know if that's going to work because it's not proven long-term. There's no real true cases that have been completed that show me long-term outcomes radiographically or in photography or even in the mouth because guess what? No one's actually seeing these people. So it's, it's, a, it's a wait and see kind of environment where you tell them either you pay cheap in the front end and maybe it's going to cost you a lot more in the long end. So it's kind of like if you buy something because it's cheap and it breaks on you, and then you ended up buying the expensive item later anyway. So you kind of have to think about all the cons before you move forward. So, you know, this movement is not, you know, you can really affect muscles in your face when you're chewing. They can start giving you migraines if they put your bite in the wrong place. They could start a lot of problems for you long term because shifting your teeth moves everything so what's amazing is that when you're moving teeth through my program and i see it one minor one to two millimeter shift in moving a tooth torquing it back or forth changes everything so imagine what it's doing if you don't get the right treatment you could really set yourself up for a long-term problem okay so well, and, a, and a more really expensive a one you knowing your risk okay well so then here's a question for both of you guys you guys are making it seem like general dentist or whoever does these aligners are perfect like they don't make mistakes so uh, now i paid three times more for someone <laughs> to do the same exact thing as maybe this company right tell me if i'm wrong well no to to no. the to the point that he he said you're you're actually having somebody who's uh watching the case and making things making sure things aren't going wrong um if a say a patient is is wearing these trays and uh things are not tracking or they're getting a movement that they don't want what are they going to have the 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 intelligence or the 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 knack to say oh I should stop wearing these trays 
uh, and make sure things are tracking. No, they're going to continue on and the movement is just going to get, uh, or the, or it's just going to be more and more off. And then at the end of it, they're going to be not where they want it to be. And they're going to have to come to a, uh, a, a dentist to try to fix it. And the amount that they spend to try to fix it, I'm sure is going to be more than what they've just done it the right way the first time. I mean, it's essentially Correct. like, you could get you. You want a Maserati? You could go to the dealership and buy one, right? And you know you're gonna they're they're gonna check it. It's good to go. Or you could find some guy who builds Maseratis from the all the parts, so he builds it for you from scratch. Uh, but it's after that. Or which one are you gonna buy? Or which one are you gonna feel more confident with? Probably the yeah. guy. In the, probably the shady guy. Oh my guy. god. <laughs> probably the shady guy. Yeah, well, and, and well, and if you're gonna have a Maserati with a Honda engine. There's a lot of ways that practices could help patients finance these these products like Invisalign or even dental treatment, for example. For example, in my practice, we do, if a patient's really interested in financing their case, we do an in-house, no interest, $199 a month for 24 months. And it really uh, lets them think about that part, that avenue, okay? So there's also a way of financing it so that they get the best treatment outcome that's predictable for them but also helping their pocket if they could afford it. And also remember that some insurance plans do cover and give some benefits. However, that's, that's between the patient and the, uh, and the insurance coordinators of the practice to be able to dictate what's the best insurance for them as well. There are treatment options you can do so that you don't get into that risk and pay triple or quadruple the price because you got the wrong product, the wrong service. Done. Okay. Well, I'm going to speak on next, um, next week's, um, episode because i'm gonna have my brother who actually is doing the the smile direct so we're gonna talk to him and see it'll be a, interesting to hear what his experience has been so far right i'm i'm, I'm excited now, because now, and, if, wanna, and if we need to see me or fredo soon real quick because i just you know i don't want to interrupt is your brother needing major orthodontics or is it minor it's very minor but I still want exactly. to kind of, I want to get him to I'm explain done. to, <laughs> don't drop the mic. <laughs> what I want is I want him to kind of give us his perspective, right? From a patient's point of view, because right now these are doctors talking, these are dentists talking, right? I want to get his perspective from a patient's point of view to say, hey, what did you think about it? Is it as bad as us dentists who are, let's be honest, we're, we're bitter because they're taking, you know, they're taking our jobs. Let's be honest, right? They're taking our jobs. Now, so now are you gonna have now are you gonna have a patient that tried with major complicated orthodontics under to compare apples to apples? Because abs- if yeah. you're only speaking to somebody that's doing minor movements on a clear correct, mm-hmm. that's not the same comparison as someone that's trying to use that product that has major orthodontic stuff. Right, but on. I I'm, I'm also so gonna if talk really to you. Really gonna do that? Right. You should have both. I, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Now no, no, for sure, and, and I appreciate that. And I th- what I think needs to happen is. Um, one, I need to talk to, you know, somebody who's actually going through this, right? Another person, from, yeah. From a, from a patient's point of view. That's the first thing. That's what I wanted to do. And then, you know, we all have stories, you know, of, of people that have come to us after the case. I know Dr. Cradock does, and, and I'm sure he wants to talk about it now, but we're not going to <laughs> because we wouldn't have a show next week, <laughs> you know? Gonna but I want to, right? I want to, I want to talk about what to expect from a patient's point of view. He's going to walk us through what he had to go through to get it. Was it easy? Was it hard? Did he feel safe? Did he feel sure. comfortable? So we're going to hear from his point of view, and then we'll put everything together. But I think today what you did was you basically educated people on what you can provide, what you've been doing, the expertise that comes along with the price tag, 
right? Because let's be completely honest, if you go to Ritz Carlton or if you go to a Four Seasons, or no, let me get you something else, like maybe like a motel, you know that you're paying for quality at the Ritz, right? Correct. Yeah. You're paying for, <laughs> for the for the convenience of maybe, you know, getting pampered a little bit. Right? Yes. Versus mm-hmm. a motel. Sure. So you know what you're paying for. So maybe people need to understand that it, it the you know the uh, Claire Linus with the dentist might be the Ritz versus the you know uh, the motel. You know when they go direct. I don't. I'm not trying to get anybody upset with me, but it may be that way where you're paying more so that people can maybe watch. You know, put you. Um, through the whole process and watch you go through the whole process versus just saying, hey, you're on your own. Let me know how it works out. The, the difference in those things is uh, just if you stay at the Ritz or you stay at a Motel 6, um, it, those are not irreversible changes to your <laughs> to your body. All right. So, gentlemen, let's go ahead uh, and, and wrap this up. You know, I kind of want to get your last inputs on clear liners, what you think a message to a patient would be about clear liners. So we'll start with Dr. Kratop. My message would be that with clear aligners, you know, you, you can do pretty much everything you want to do in correcting your smile. Um, you just need to be in the, in the hands of the proper, uh, practitioner to get and, and have clear expectations, uh, set of what you, of what you want to achieve. Um, and for patients to just listen, um, you know, it, it sometimes it may take longer, um, to be done the right way. But the end results um, should be the key. We we can't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and neither is their smile going to be fixed in a day uh, with clear aligners. But if it's done the right way, uh, they'll be more than happy with the result. Okay, Dr. Uh, Alfredo. Uh, you know, I couldn't agree more with Dr. Kradock's comment. I think it's just a matter of, you know, understanding the basic uh, needs for the patient and if you look at their bite and it's off knowing how to correct it properly and educate them on how to how you can do that and um, finding the correct doctor in your area that is certified in doing this service for you that way you know that it's someone that got educated by the uh, Invisalign uh, company itself and uh, is trained to do this so that you don't uh, get this done incorrectly and knowing that Finance options are available for you as well. It's just a matter of asking those questions and uh, and knowing what you're getting yourself into at the end as far as if you want to go with an at-home kit, knowing the risks involved uh, with that. Do your due diligence and do your research prior to moving forward in any uh, treatment because movement of teeth in and of itself can and will cause long-term complications if they are done incorrectly. So really focus on your research prior to moving forward and finding a practitioner that you feel comfortable with doing your treatment. And that's, that's pretty much as much as I could say about that. I have one last question here, Walt. Yeah. Uh, this is completely off the topic. Always um, is. Uh, but did any of you guys see the In My Feelings challenge with the dentist uh, this week? Yes, I did. Did, did, did I either did. of you guys have the pressure from your staff to make your own In My Feelings challenge video? Yes. They, they asked you? I have, I have one. I have one, but it is in our group Facebook page for our office only. So <laughs> they could see it, but I'm good. I'm not going to be touching <laughs> that because I felt like there was too many going around. So I didn't want to be just doing something else that everybody else is doing. You so know? I'm exactly. Gonna be an individual. I'm going to find that video of you doing it and post it. So that you can, so everybody no, can see this. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not that, you're not that, uh, hacker savvy, that uh, Dr. Aka has been proven today. So <laughs> I, 
Fredo, I think you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, Dr. Alfredo, we definitely appreciate you coming through. Uh, definitely. Letting us know what to expect. And I will say, guys, on a, on a little, there are more than just um, Invisalign, right? That's the one that a lot of people know, but there are other companies that provide clear liners as well. So we don't want to just keep <laughs> using that one, but it just happens that that's the one that most people most people use and most has the most research and has the most well, I don't, I don't, i'm not gonna speak on that part but been around the longest okay <laughs> but yes Just those things that's yes. it but anyway so there are other aligners <laughs> out there so we'll speak on that you know but again thank you dr alfredo uh for coming through we definitely appreciate it go enjoy the beautiful weather uh we are definitely jealous yes uh, that you are actually in, in paradise, and um, we hope that it rains. Thank you, thank you so much, guys. <laughs> thank you so much. And just a quick, just a quick note. Uh, you know, I've been a fan of you guys since you guys started your podcast. Obvious reasons, because Walter is one of my close friends. But second, I just want to let the viewers know how much value these two guys are providing you with educating you as far as our dental world. Because if I see anything every day, it's a very low dental IQ of what you need. So it's amazing that they're providing this service for you and really take everything they say because they really care about what they do. So thank you guys so much. Man, uh, man, man that you was might, well You said. might be able to come back on next time. <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> but no, honestly, uh, you know, as a, as a friend and, and as a colleague, we definitely appreciate you and we thank you very much for taking the time yes. out of your busy day to come and uh, talk to us though, man. All right? Yeah, man. My pleasure. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.